0: Welcome to the business of being you podcast, a podcast about authenticity and entrepreneurship. In other words, creating a business centered around the unique qualities that make you, you. My name is Marco Benitez, also known as coach Marco B and I'm an entrepreneurial coach. I help people to create businesses centered around one or more of three areas, the desire to pursue a passion, the need to be true to themselves or to share a talent or gift with others. In this podcast, you'll hear conversations with people who have done just that. And while their businesses, backgrounds, and experiences are all different, the common thread that they all share is that they became clear on who they are and how it could serve. They believed in themselves. They took a chance on their dreams. They shared it with others. And now they have a business that generates income doing what comes naturally to them. This is podcast episode four. Today, I'm having a conversation with Jesse Chiang. Jesse is a spiritual business coach and the founder and owner of the soul clean company, which produces natural products for spiritual cleansing and clarity. Jesse shares how she overcame sexual abuse at a very young age, being made to feel ashamed and insecure about her appearance and how this led to a depression so profound. It not only manifested itself as multiple physical ailments, but also led her to being admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Jesse, however, shares how she used all of her past experiences and the realization that she is an empath to not only overcome her depression, but also to begin living her life authentically, starting two businesses and bringing her a joy and fulfillment. She never imagined was possible. Today's episode is for the person who had a difficult childhood, for the person who was made to feel ashamed for how they look or dress for the person who has insecurities around their identity, their authenticity, and their self-expression. For the person working towards overcoming depression, for the person who feels they have a sixth sense, are an empath, or are sensitive to energies, or for the person who wants to create a product in the spiritual wellness space. So let's get right into the episode and hear my conversation with Jesse Chiang. I'm very excited today to be having a conversation with Jessie Chiang. Jessie Chang is a new friend of mine. We met via my website and we share a professional group that we're a part of. And she shared a little bit about her story. It's a story of overcoming personal obstacles, um, dealing with conflicts of family and culture. Um, it may even touch upon what some people know as scruples, debating between what is right and wrong. Uh, But in the end, she was able to reconcile all of her feelings into something that's absolutely magnificent. She created not just one, but two businesses around her authentic self. And she's going to share her story with us today. Jesse, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. I'm so glad to be speaking with you.
1: Oh my God, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: So we had a little bit of a brief talk uh, a couple of days ago. And we had to both fight back the urge to go deep into conversation (laughs) because it just seemed to flow. So we'll start with where you are right now, just very briefly. But I want to get into how you became the Jesse Chang of today. So currently you do uh, alternative type of medicine, would you say, or alternative therapies? How would you describe it?
1: I would say is energy work and practical strategy Hmm. at the same time Got it. so it's not just practical strategy for businesses but we're looking into the intuitive intuitive and energy part of that person
0: right and what was most compelling for me is that this was not something that you were brought up um in this type of um, not sure if culture frame of mind this this approach to wellness and sharing was not something that you were brought up and you came up in a different type of upbringing.
1: Correct. I wasn't brought up with the idea that this was possible or, um, you know, a lot of it, very intuitive people say, oh, I knew this or I would see people, I see, you know, energy when I was four. I didn't get this until I was about 20, 21 years old. Right. So then all of a sudden just boom, I am thrust into this uh, path and I had to discover it myself.
0: Right. So what were your early years like? I mean, we don't necessarily have to go very early, but where would you say, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it did start early. What's the beginning of this path as you've come to know it right now?
1: When I was around seven, eight years old, I remember asking my mom where, where God is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was born in Malaysia. So we uh, brought up with the Buddhist uh, teaching. So we'll go to a lot of Buddhist temple, Taoist temple, and they usually have a lot of this different figurines out there. And my mom would say, "This is God," mm-hmm. and I was thinking to myself, "I you know this is not it." And I remember wanting to find God so badly, like I want to connect to the other side so badly that uh, I was so desperate to look for it. And throughout my whole uh, teenage life, I was actually going to different types of temples. I go to Indian temples. I tried different types of. Uh, churches. I was in Catholic church, in Methodist church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even followed some of my Malay friends who was Muslim, and I've seen Qurans before. So yeah, I study all these different religious uh, backgrounds.
0: You had mentioned that you had a difficult upbringing. There was a lot of negativity or toxicity in, in your early years, and it affected you at some point. Uh, to the point of making you unwell. Is that something you were able to share with us?
1: Uh, without going into much detail, I would say that most Asian family has uh, very high expectations of their kids. And because I'm the eldest, I'm expected to, you know, know it all, do it all, be independent, um, and also be pretty. and uh, And my ultimate goal is to marry a rich husband and that will be perfect Mm. and so so growing up I never had a voice on my own Uh, everything is kind of decided for me and you got to do you know certain things that your family expected you so I totally lost myself Uh, I don't even know what I like you know I can't even go for sports even though I do do that but I always get a lot of uh Negativity and discouragement um, in between. So, as a result of that, you know, suppressing and control, uh, I, because I'm sensitive, I experienced a lot of mysterious pains and aches and um, all sorts of illnesses uh, growing up. And um, yeah, and that was really, really detrimental to my well being.
0: Right. Now, when you say sensitive, you're not referring to emotionally sensitive you're talking about sensitive as in receptive?
1: You see, at the time, I didn't understand, but in retrospect, that is the case. Uh, I was very sensitive to energy, to what people say, the words that were uh, spoken onto me. Mm. Those, I received them at a number, different level. So it's not just words to me, I felt everything. Even when I f- see what people say, I know where they come from, from saying that I knew the intention. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. And even describing what you're describing now is as a, at a young age, you felt that you could not be yourself. You know? at a, I mean, I think at any age, that's a challenging task. You know, there's so many people that mm-hmm. are well into adulthood that say, I don't know who mm-hmm. I am. Um, There are many people that define themselves by their title, by their role. I am a Mm -hmm. spouse, mother, parent, brother, caregiver, and so on and so forth. But you were aware at very young that there was a part of you that was not being shared, that was not being honored or acknowledged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot for someone. How old were you around that time when you started to feel like something... It's just not, there, there's not a parallel to what I'm living and to who I am.
1: I think I was around four or five. and I started oh, wow. to realize that I was already here for something. I knew that I was to do something. Mm. Um, and also because when I was four, I had my first uh, case of being sexually violated. Uh-huh. And I didn't know that what was that at that time. I just knew something right. wasn't right
0: right
1: and so when i know that if i was to share that with my parents that they wouldn't understand it so it wasn't until right. like my 20s i sh- start sharing to them but even right. that you know when whenever i feel violated just even with verbal agreements or um you know relationships uh, i felt like you know what was told what was expected of me was, oh, because you dress a certain way, because you, lose, you look a certain way, then you're expected to be violated. You're expected to be taken, uh, treated poorly.
0: Mm.
1: You know, when women who look better or women who carry themselves a certain way ex- are expected to be bullied or expected to have aggression taken on them. Right. So mm. because of that, I feel, okay, I need to dumb down. I need to look less pretty or cover everything that I have in order to avoid these confrontations. So already when I was growing up, a lot of people would say, oh, you look really pretty, you're so smart, and all that stuff. And I would be like, no, I need to cover all of that. I don't want you to see that because I don't want to put myself in danger.
0: Right. So not only did you feel violated, but you felt not supported, and then you felt suppressed.
1: Yeah, and I had to take care of myself,
0: right? Right. How did this translate to to your health?
1: Um, Again, because of the the suppression, uh, I take a lot in, I bottle a lot of feelings. So I feel a lot of pain in my uh, stomach. I don't digest food really well because I can't digest everything that's outside of me. Mm. Uh, I also have very heavy bleeding for my, uh, periods or I have, I don't have Mm. it at all. Sometimes, Mm. uh, I would get really extreme pain every time I have my, uh, period, sometimes even get to the ER. Uh, I have gallstone, gallbladder, uh, attacks at a very young age. Um, you know, migraines, uh, arthritis, (laughs) you name it. Yeah. You name it. I have it.
0: Wow. 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 How old were you when all of this stuff was culminating? That's a lot. That's a lot. I mean, you know my background's in medicine, you know, and some of the stuff people aren't aware of, but absolutely digestion can be, can be, um, affected by stress. Dysmenorrhea, Mm -hmm. painful, abnormal menstruation can definitely be caused by stress and emotional unrest. Um, these are real things. Uh, how old were you when all this was happening?
1: Yeah. Well, I Ever since I was a baby, I came out with, oh, wow. yeah, all sorts of, um, I think the gastric pain was the first one. And then it just escalated as I grow older. Yeah. And every time we go and see a doctor, they couldn't explain what's happening. And I yeah. would go for a scan, you know, all this yeah. sort of, te- all these different tests. Yeah. Um, but they will always send me home. Yeah. Um, They're going to so, tell you it's all in your head. Yeah. And then when I start menstruating, it's when it just it got worse and worse and worse my health
0: wow so physically there was a lot going on for you as you mentioned um Mm -hmm. but then this also became a lot bigger for you emotionally
1: yeah yeah um i you know going through my teenage years uh again because i wasn't i didn't have the freedom to speak and freedom to be myself Uh, I couldn't I really couldn't wait to get out of uh, my home and then I experienced the sudden death of my grandmother and my best friend when I was in college here in Minnesota Um, and so I had to deal with all the grief by myself at the same time I was stalked by a guy who was in my class and he was stalking me and so all of that just you know uh it all came at once and I just, I feel like I couldn't handle it. And that's when I fell into deep depression. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember taking that test that day with this psychologist and she said, I've never seen such a, this, this bad of a case uh, in her 30 years of practicing And um, from then on, you know, we tried different types of medication and it just didn't work and I ended up in the psychiatric ward.
0: Oh, wow, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. What was the turning point? When did things, what was the, where was the light? Where did that light come from in this dark tunnel, you know, so to speak, this proverbial dark tunnel?
1: So I really felt low about myself. I felt like everybody rejected me. Everybody didn't like me. And I was really uh ready to let go and honestly my body at that time felt like it was just shutting down on its own so mm. when I was diagnosed with depression I was literally on the bed for a few months um, I wasn't able to function much at all um you know not not eating much at all so it was that one night when I felt like okay I, I really just want to let go and and move on to the other side and then suddenly I remember having my husband and my mom next to me at that time, and I couldn't even respond to them. They were asking me, like, what do you need? What do you want? And they were just constantly trying to get me out of that, like in that zombie mode. Right. Um, and then suddenly just this, this light that appeared to me. It's not even a blinding light. It was just really calming light that came in front of me on top of my head. And it said, if you want to go, you can go now. But if you go now, you will have to do this all over again. And it was this brief, very calming voice. And all of a sudden, I just snap out of this whole depression thing. It's not like I didn't feel it, but I snap out of that, that zone. And, and I, tr- I remember turning to my husband and I said, get me help. I need help. And that's when I went into the psychiatric ward, which is interesting, too, because they said previously it was really full. And by that time, I said I wanted it. There was a spot available for me. So I went in and, you know, got help for two weeks. Um, When I got out of it, I started researching what that voice was. And I knew then it was the guardian angels and the voice of God that came together for me to help me. And Mm. from then on, I just really just was following uh, their guidance they were teaching me what to eat, how to meditate, um, even changing my mindset on things. Um, and I was able to wean myself off uh, from antidepressant in about 30 days.
0: Wow. Wow. That's amazing. You know, it's interesting. And you answered the question that, that came to mind when you were mentioning this. I had a conversation recently with someone. And um, they too mentioned this moment of a voice that they heard. Uh, initially they described it as a loud voice but it wasn't so much volume loud as it was clarity
1: yes it was a clear message
0: and my question to her was was when you heard that voice did that voice sound like your own and you already answered it sounded like something different right Yeah, yeah it's amazing it's amazing. I've, and I've heard this more than once. The first time I heard it um, was uh, listening to one of the audiobooks books for Dr. Wayne Dyer, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he mentioned it as well. You know, if you pay attention to that quiet voice, um, you'll realize that that voice is not your own. And I remember the first time I paid attention to it, I was like, OK, who's in my head, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's trippy,
1: yeah. yeah. I remember being so scared, uh, trying to tune into that voice. But then when I go back to trying to connect with, communicate with the other side, uh, it was not as scary. It, it's actually a very loving energy yeah. that came through. And so I just felt like, oh, this is all so familiar. I used to have this before and I right. just abandoned it the whole time. And this is what I'm teaching right now is help people to... Uh, learn how to listen to the intuition and the energy that's around us. You know, people don't take energy as seriously as uh, they should be. Um, and I say that because because I'm I'm so sensitive to energy, and a lot of people actually feel it just because they don't see it. Doesn't mean it does. It's not there. You know, how many times when we say something that is negative, like oh, I should be doing this. You know, just the word the word should create that resistance uh, that contraction you know it feels heavy but when we say oh i get to or i get to play or i get to do this and all of a sudden it feels expansive, it feels abundant right right so just the type of word that we choose to use on ourselves, it creates that energetic movement for you right so which one do you choose so i teach people how to be in tune with that and be sensitive with those things around them
0: right after you came to this realization, uh, the thing that started to pull you out of your depression, did you start to reflect back on a lot of stuff from your youth, like these strange moments, these strange feelings, like, oh, that's what that was?
1: Oh, yeah, a lot of it. Um, uh, I think the biggest one was when, I, when my grandmother and my best friend passed away, uh, I had a... I had dreams about them that I thought was just dreams. Until I shared these dreams uh, with my friends and my family and my best friend's mother, I realized that they were messages. It right. was as if I was channeling what they were saying and it all came true. So those are things that I didn't know. Right. Uh, so when I felt like it was true, then I realized, oh, I do have connection to the spiritual plane. But at the time, I didn't know. I thought, oh, the only way I can channel them was to go into dream state. But I didn't know that I could actually do it uh, when I want to tune into it. Right. Um, so and also when after they pass, I start realizing there were a lot of signs that came through. So a lot of synchronicities that were happening. Um, you know, things like, you know, my best friend used to love shopping. She loves fashion and she will point me to, I, I felt the urge to go to certain place and, you know, I will find certain things that she likes and I remember her. So I felt that they were there to guide me the whole time. So when I when I had the light experience, that's when I realized, oh, okay, I've always had that connection. I just wasn't aware of it. So therefore I, I didn't know how to use it.
0: Right. Right. And you have mentioned to me before that you used to do graphic design before you started yeah. to embrace this. And you you were still working in graphic design while you were reconciling all of this new information. I mean, I, it's not even information. It's like a realization. Like, yeah. So I'm going to interrupt myself while I'm asking you this because we talked about this very briefly. And this is where we both had a hold back is that I shared with you that I also am intuitive as well. and. Yeah for me, I, I tuned into that. I started to realize that when I was around 12 years old and the reason why I interrupted myself is because I said, when I said, when you started to have all this new information and it's not information, it's like just this gush of water just drops on you. And you're kind of just trying like, what, what the hell just happened right now? You know, and and, exactly. It's just a lot of stuff to reconcile. It's the way I describe it. and, And I'd like to know how you would describe it, but it's this first of all, it's challenging to put in the word into words, which is why mm-hmm. I struggle to even articulate to you right now what I'm trying to say, but I know you get it It's this combination of emotion, feelings, physical sensations, with a nice little sprinkle of anxiety and fear of social judgment you know <laughs> because in, i think you know in life when you're trying to share something you want to tell your friends but how do you tell your friends like oh uh, yeah i know stuff before it's going to happen you know it, yeah it's just not going to sit well but how, how did you reconcile all of that how would you describe it
1: wow uh you i mean you say it perfectly i for me it felt like the water tap just turned on and i just flow all of a sudden everything just flow like crazy right. Uh, and just like you said, it's like the gush of waterfall, you know, just fell onto me and all of a sudden I have this new skills and this new knowledge and <laughs> <It's true. laughs> this it's sensitivity, true. you know, it, and yeah. it also feels like, and I always tell my clients, uh, it feels like you're driving a, a Ferrari. Yeah. And you don't know what the button's for and how to drive it, how to manage it, how to slow it down, you know, not to go too fast. You could go really fast if you want to, but that would you know put you in a lot of danger but so it's like getting used to this new vehicle all of a sudden and you upgrade this into this new car yeah um but yeah and going back to that question you had for me you know I I actually started uh I graduated with a psychology degree and minor in marketing before Mm. I started graphic design I went into graphic design because I thought, oh, psychology may not be it, because I couldn't get into uh, any jobs, uh, just having a degree. I had to have a master's degree to get, become a therapist. So I, I do, I have a lot of passion for arts as well. So uh, I've dabbled a lot of graphic design work when I was a teenager. So I thought, oh, maybe if I do that, I might be a better uh, candidate to get better jobs, so then it was in in graphic design, um, I did quite a bit of work. I was really good at it, but I knew then that wasn't that wasn't my passion. I still go back to reading a lot of psychology books, you know, uh, all this um, self-development books, and I felt more, Uh, at home with it but now I actually use my graphic design uh, knowledge on like website you know building my own website building my own packaging for uh, my products so it you know it it doesn't go to waste
0: right right.
1: everything's being used
0: yeah it's interesting the path right How, how this all takes place and we had mentioned it also before that the expectation is that progression success it's it's linear but it's it's like a drawer full of necklaces, you know, <laughs> you just, you pull it out and you're like, Oh, which is the one that I'm all tangled. For? Yeah. Oh, yeah, And it's frustrating, you know, and this is why you need passion and what you want to do because any rational person would just quit. Like, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. they, they, I, I forget who's, who I heard it from, but they said that an entrepreneur is the only person that will work 80 hours for themselves. So they don't have to work 40 hours for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So after you start to reconcile this spiritual uh, intuitiveness, um, your sensitivity, your past with your family, how did this transition take place into going into what you're doing now?
1: So when I had that spiritual awakening, uh, my first instinct was, what do I do with it? And I found this place called Temple of Light. It was a spiritual community. Uh, I got a job there as a graphic designer for their magazine. And from then on, it, it was like a win-win situation for me. I get to do graphic design work, get paid for it. At the same time, I w- it was able to go to different workshops and classes that they had um, with like meditation, you know, tapping into intuition, right. and then all these different healing modalities. So that was really fun. It was like school for me. Right. And just and my, my boss was actually my mentor. I'm so thank, thankful for her till today. I mean, her name is Reverend Danielle Marie. Uh, and She encouraged me so much at that time. And it was just like a few months into this whole tapping into my intuition. She pushed me to do my own readings at the psychic fair. So I set up a booth. <laughs> I don't even have my stuff and I borrow wow. everything from her um, and just, you know, sat there and started giving reading just for tips, I work right. for tips. And within a year, I have my own clientele. I started to have my own uh, office and I right. did a lot of readings and mediumship readings and do energy work from there. Uh, then I started going into uh, online readings as uh, sessions. Right. And that's when I noticed that a lot of my readings turn into coaching or counseling, since right. I have that background. Right. Because a lot of times in the readings, you know, you're know, you just giving predictions. Mm. So you're not really showing them the way to get there. So when my clients come back to me like, well, you said this and that, and I, it, it really overwhelms me, and I know that that's in my path, but how do I get there?
0: Right.
1: So I end up doing a lot of coaching, um, and I realized this is what I really, really enjoy, and right. that was just 11 years ago.
0: Right. Do you have like a clear vision like how would you state what your life purpose is or so that's still evolving?
1: I think my life purpose is to help women like myself to not waste time on figuring out what their purpose is. So. Because a lot of us are so trapped in the you know society's expectations, you know what what it means to be a good girl and you have to be that and you kind of have to play that role and I'm telling them to hey you gotta heal your feminine wound so that you can shine your light because everybody wants that light and it's selfish when we keep it to ourselves. and I start seeing that for myself and my purpose because once I share that light I start to see you know attracting the right people to me I see you know how much I help not just with my clients but with the people around them. Right. And just the other day, my client told me that her husband is benefiting from her being so grounded. And he mm-hmm. was able to uh, just feel better overall, yeah. be able to do a better job in his work. Yeah. So that's that lights me up every time I think about it.
0: Yeah. It, it flows. It can't be contained. Once you're true and authentic to yourself, it's inevitable. It's like yeah. trying to shine a light, but keeping it within a confined 360 degree space. You can't do that. It's going to go out and you don't know what it's going to illuminate. You can light one candle here and it's shedding a light underneath a crack on the bottom of a door across the room. <laughs> and someone standing there in the dark on the other side is seeing this light, this flicker, you know, mm-hmm. this can repel. The light yep. bothers me. I'm going to run away. This is something mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with. This can attract. What is that? It can unlock the nature of the person, their curiosity. It's definitely a beautiful thing. How did this become your business? Tell us about your business now and how you're sharing your work now. You said you created two businesses.
1: So now I'm doing my coaching business at Intuit with Jesse. And I also am the founder of the Soul Clean Company, which is uh, an online business that sells energetic cleansing bath products mm. for empaths. Uh, for the coaching business, I help six-figure entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, who are spiritual, to help them accelerate their growth and achieve their goals uh, with intu- intuitive and energy work.
0: Mm.
1: So that's uh, have been it's been my passion ever since I started. It's it's amazing where I can see them just taking on their role, the next role, because a lot of them are feeling like, oh, I'm scared to achieve my goals. You won't believe it. A lot of people are so successful, but they still have that uh, mindset where maybe I shouldn't be that successful. Maybe I shouldn't take on something bigger than myself because I'm a woman Mm. Um, and I'm here to guide them through it, work through all that mindset blocks and yeah, unblock that potential.
0: So tell me about the products.
1: So the product is based on pranic healing modality. Um, our main ingredients is sea salt and essential oils, high quality essential oils. Uh, what it does, it really helps you to cleanse negative energy. Um, we collect negative energy anywhere, everywhere we go, uh, whether we realize it or not. Sometimes we feel even more coming out from a conversation with somebody who may carry more negative energies. So if we don't uh, wash that or release that, it accumulates and actually goes into our body. When Mm -hmm. it accumulates too much in our aura, it actually starts to affect us in our physical um, reaction. So my goal here is to help people to clear as much negative energy as possible through this sea salt and essential oil combination. So what we have, um, the lavender, the eucalyptus, orange, and rose, each of them has different uh, purposes but if you don't know where to start lavender is the best one because it really just cleans every chakras and your mindset as well.
0: Right.
1: So I, I people who use it, you know, felt like they feel immediate calm. A lot of empaths now use it as uh their their regular routine to help them to just feel better about themselves and be more connected. And the whole thing really is when you clear off negative energy, uh you can be more in tune with your own voice. So you're not clouded by other people's voice that's in your aura. Right.
0: right. If you could go back to your five-year-old, ten-year-old self, what would you tell her?
1: I would tell her to be herself. I would tell her to be herself and not be afraid to fail um, and take small steps to where she want to go really trust her intuition because it was there to guide her it was already her inner gps uh, she just really needed to take heed on that and then everything will be okay and because mm-hmm. she ignored that so that's why she went through so much
0: <laughs> yeah. for the person that's watching this that can relate to your story having a toxic um, relationship with the family abuse in the past Um, struggling with identity of who am I and how do I show up in the world, what do you say to them to help move them forward into being authentic and to taking a chance on themselves?
1: I would say all of us are born with a purpose. And I think it's, it's safe to say all of us have our own light that's unique to yourself. It's very selfish to keep that light. So please do share it. But if you're scared, there's a lot of help out there that can help you. There's also free resources. You can come to me. I can send you to this free resources for coaching. Um, but if you want to invest in yourself, this is the best way to get yourself out of that misery in the first place. All those blocks that you may have, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be difficult. It really is can be a smooth transition when you have somebody's brains and eyes and ears in your situation and they can help you untie this knots right like you say when you're like taking these necklaces out from a box and they're all tangled my, our job as coaches and I know Marco you can relate with that is to help you to put everything down on the table and see okay what needs to go and what needs to you need to keep so don't be intimidated by the process of going through this transformation. I think everybody ought to do that uh, so that you can, and you deserve to enjoy life. You deserve to enjoy the flow that uh, you are meant to have. And the universe has so much waiting for you. And all you have to do is just say, Hey, I'm ready to serve. I'm here. And the rest will kind of flow into place.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want you to give a little entrepreneurial advice to the person watching this because I mean, you, you went over it briefly, but for the person watching this, I want them to be clear that you did not have any formal training on starting a coaching business. You did not have any formal training on creating, um, a product line, which would clear energies. You had no training in this. You Mm -hmm. said, okay, this is how I feel about myself and my own skin. Here's the light that I have to share. I'm going to share it in this way. But you had no background. You didn't go to like start a (laughs) chakra healing product, you know, seminar.
1: No. Uh, I think part part of it is a little bit of observation from mentors and, you know, other people doing business. And so I've always been very interested in it. And part of it is really desperation. (laughs) I was just really desperate to start a business because... Every time I apply for a job, I wouldn't get it. Or if I do get it, I usually would lose the job within a year. Mm. And I had like, I don't know, like four or five different jobs that was the same way, you know. And I honestly didn't even feel like I could enjoy it. Right. So I knew that if I was to step to another job, that would be the same. I would have the same fate.
0: Right. So I
1: might as well create a job that I like, that I enjoy, um, and that really used my creat- creativity in this in whatever production that I am so when I start creating the soaps for example um I mean I didn't sell it right away I started just giving out to friends and family and see if they like it and how they feel about it uh when I start to get a lot of positive feedback from it that's when I feel okay this gives me the confidence to start a business around it and that's when I went ahead with it and I started also seeing people invited me for uh workshops and you know, different coaching sessions with small businesses. Uh, that's when I say, hey, this this could this could work. And yeah, so yeah. yeah, I started yeah. create a framework around it.
0: Yeah. I'm so glad you said that you touched on so many good things that I had that I, I speak with people about, you know, as as I meet different people in, in what I do. Um, the first thing is what I call the OSH tea factor, right? The O crap factor. That's a big thing in entrepreneurship. There has to be some stakes. You know, if you have no risk, if there's no consequence to the failure in this entrepreneurial endeavor, the passion and the drive is going to be different when it's Mm -hmm. like, oh crap, if I fail this, I'm not going to have money for rent, food for the, for the (laughs) baby. Uh, you know, you have to have an oh crap factor. In every entrepreneurial endeavor you have, and the higher the old oh, crap factor, the mm-hmm. bigger the the drive is to that.
1: I Wanted to add too that because of my health situation, uh, I went through so much with just going to the ER and you know had near death a few times, and I was just like done, done with it. You know, I'm done with trying to conform to expectations, trying to yeah. people please, and so I was just desperate to get out of my bed and you know. And thrive again and be able to go out in the sun, be able to wear clothes that I like, to be able to eat the food that I like. And in, in order to do that was to really live my life purpose, to live in my passion. Right. And what my passion is, is to help people. Yeah, And I can't help people when I'm I'm tied in a job. Um, I, honestly, I mean, some jobs can help people, but it wasn't yeah. the way that I wanted it. And the way that I do best is really coaching people and unblock their potential. And yeah. when they, when I see them light up in their work, that makes me light up.
0: Right, right. And you, went, you also mentioned something which is very important for people to understand. And the thing that you mentioned was that you had lost several jobs. Um, one of the biggest things that people need to be aware of and in tune to is that if you are doing everything correct in a situation and that scenario falls out from under you, you have to pause and step back to see if that's not God, Spirit, the universe <laughs> trying to nudge you in a different direction? Because I've had exactly. at least three or four different occasions where I was gonna enter into a business endeavor with someone, start a business with someone else, begin something, and, or, or take a job somewhere, and I've done everything right. The mm-hmm. perfect thing, you know, I've got the qualifications, I've got the financial resources, I've got the backing, I've got all of this stuff, and it just falls through. And the mm-hmm. first time it happened to me, I was like devastated. I was like, what the heck just happened? I was going to start a business with, uh, with another colleague of mine. We got to the point of creating a, a tax ID number. We had bank forms that we signed because we had open up a bank account, and we had to get one final signature from the person who was going to lease us the space. And he was supposed to sign it on a Tuesday. Tuesday, we didn't hear back. He wasn't responding to any phone calls or messages. Wednesday, Thursday, it turned into Saturday. By Saturday afternoon, he says, oh, I signed the place to someone else. What? Why? Yeah, why? H- how is this even possible? You realize like, we did all these steps. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then he just cut the conversation because that's how business is sometimes. I don't know if I need to owe you an explanation. It was a deal that was better for him. It screwed us over. And I said, what the heck did I do wrong? And after really reflecting, I'm like, I did nothing wrong. Okay, sucks. But situations similar to that, again, applying for a job, trying to get here. The lesson is that when you do things as best as you can, and you know that you fit the qualification, you do everything right, and it falls through, pause, Mm -hmm. step back, and reflect. Is the universe, is God, is spirit, is consciousness, is whatever, trying to nudge me into a different direction? And you went through it yourself. You said it. Like, if I go for the fifth job, I know what's going to happen. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, like, the other thing you reminded me of um, when I was in my graphic design school, I was the top two in the class. And th- so I had great confidence going out. You know, if I put my resume out there, somebody would, or my portfolio, that somebody would hire me right away. But I applied for some of those bigger names and nobody hired me until the Temple of Light. And it was a spiritual community. Mm. And it fit perfectly yeah. with what I yeah. needed to learn at that time. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah. odds, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I learned a couple of years ago, one of the things that I've heard of a couple of years ago was when you ask God for something, he answers you in one of three ways. No, yes, or yes, but not right now. Yeah. 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 And
1: absolutely.
0: And that not right now thing, that not right now is a mofo. <laughs> That's man. a pain one. Oh, <laughs> it's a painful my one. Gosh, that is a <laughs> man. You start to question like, all right, are you listening? Like it's like, is this thing on? Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah, so that
1: was me. That was me 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. They're like, not right now. Yeah. And I yeah. had to wait for the yeah. moment. Moment. So it wasn't yeah. until a couple years ago when I was able to really step up and um, speak on the camera with you, you know, as such, and uh, be really out there on the stage.
0: So how do we follow you? How do we uh, keep up with what you're doing, get in contact with you?
1: So you can follow me on Instagram at into it with Jesse, or you can log into my website. It's www.intuitwithjesse.com. Uh, you can also request to follow me on Facebook as well.
0: Same thing on Facebook? Intuit with Jesse.
1: On Facebook, you look for Jesse Chiang.
0: All right. What would you attempt to do if you knew that you could not fail?
1: I would actually try to write a book if I know that I would not fail. Um, I think the book really scares me only because uh, I care about what other people feel. There's a lot of sensitive information in there, but so if I know that I'm not gonna fail with it, then I would totally write the book.
0: (laughs) What does the the world need more of?
1: I think the world needs more of joy in the simplest things. I think we get caught up in all these big goals and try to make this much of money and get this big house and all these cars whatever it is uh, we need to find joy in the little things that we have already or in our lives and that's what brings the the feeling of abundance the feeling of gratitude Um, and when we have that and I'm sure you speak to some people who who embody that essence you can sense that they they're just happy as is. They don't need all these extra things to make them happy. And they, are, they already know uh, what it needs to take to, if, if they feel like they, you know, go down the dip of feeling oh, I'm, not, I'm not worthy or whatever, they can come out of it really quickly. And so I feel like if you learn how to enjoy the little things in life, you know how to cope with life difficulties.
0: What does the world need less of?
1: I think the world needs less of trying to be right. I think the more you don't question yourself, the more you're going to not know and not live life fully. So the less you question, the more you live life heartedly. Lightheartedly. So I feel that they need less of... Trying to be, feel, try to feel like oh, all I'm, I'm right and I, I, I know what I'm doing. It, it's not always the case because you need to really check with the people around you. You know, constantly question yourself, constantly ask if I'm on the right path. You know, am I doing the right thing? Uh, do I have the right motive? So ask all these questions to make sure that you are true to yourself. So be less of inauthentic. If I may say that
0: right. Jesse was so nice speaking with you. Thank you for sharing your story. Same. Thank you for, uh, laughing at my corny jokes. That was cool. <laughs> <It's funny>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a great host. Thank you so much for having me. Really. This has been a great for, conversation.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I know we're going to have more, but yeah. this is just the beginning, the first conversation. And I hope that, uh, we'll stay in touch and we'll continue to share our, for sure. our, uh, our work with each other. All right. So sending much yes. love to you and, uh, I look forward to speaking with you again soon.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jesse Chiang. As you can see, while your past plays a big part in your story, it does not necessarily define who you are, how you show up in the world or where you share your talents, passions, and gifts. What's one way that you've changed for the better after overcoming a challenge? Tell me in the comments below. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit like, and subscribe. So you can be notified when new episodes are published. And that'll also help bring this podcast to more people who will find it helpful. Lastly, if you feel something inside of you, pulling you to do something new, different, or great, even if you're not sure what that is, I'm here to help. Just visit me at coachmarcob.com and explore one of my different coaching options, or you can subscribe to my mailing list and receive my new ebook for free. Remember. You could fail at something you don't want, so you might as well take a chance at doing something you love. Let the world see you in all of your awesomeness, and I'll see you in the next podcast.